Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, coming to you from Savannah, Georgia, beautiful southern part of um, the United States. Doing a lot of exploring. I was just sharing that with my special guest, Kim Daly, who I'm very excited to talk about. She is one of America's top franchise consultants, and she has literally helped thousands of people explore franchise opportunities for over 20 years. She's traveled the country as a keynote speaker and a business breakout leader and has hosted her own live events, educating, motivating, and inspiring Americans to the dream of small business ownership through the proven systems of a franchise. And we have uh, very similar backgrounds in that area. So that's going to be fun. Prior to becoming a franchise consultant, Kim ran her own health and fitness based consulting firm. She worked with um, Dr. Dennis Waitley, Denise Austin, ediets.com, Gold's Gym, just to name a few and, and some other national health and wellness brands. She launched the first health and fitness marketplace at usatoday.com called Be Healthy Now. And I remember in my days, we spent a ton of money in the USA Today franchise section. She was a personal trainer in college and a Miss America contestant. She graduated summa cum laude with a degree in nutritional biochemistry and a minor in sports nutrition. So Wow, Kim, you do a lot. She's been a business owner for 20 years. She has the wisdom that comes from experience and combines that with her knowledge of the franchise industry in a passionate personality to inspire people to achieve their dream of business ownership. Kim, how are you doing today? Hey, Jim. Thank you for that introduction. I'm oh, doing so great. fun. You know, I always, <clears throat> excuse my voice, I, I, I try and re-read the introductions beforehand just in case there's any big words from the early testament there you know sometimes you get tripped up but um man i had no idea that man you have done a lot and you're you're uh you still got a a pretty good sized career ahead of you which is my fair way of not asking how old you are but you've done a great i I started young i definitely started building businesses when i was young uh so yes i've been at it for over probably about 25 years now the last 18 almost 19 years with fran choice here as a franchisee Wow. And um, you're you're based in New Hampshire. So as you and I were chatting about your as we record this, actually, I'm only about three weeks out. So we're in uh, December. You're about to get some snow here. and Maybe have a white Christmas. We are. Absolutely. How about, how about that? So I'm curious. So you've got one heck of an education. Um, is that what you intended to do when you got out of college? Did you go in that field, I guess? Did you start? Is that when you started your, your first business? No, your real question is, so how did franchising find you, right? Because no one actually yeah. like wakes up and goes, oh, yeah, I want to be in franchising. Just somehow well, we all stumble into franchising, right, Jim? You no, know, um, it's it's so interesting because the, the people that I met and, you know, as my audience knows, I spent some time in the franchise business on the franchisor side and people just... Once they get the fact that in, uh, the, the age old expression, I'm, I'm sure you know it is if for those people who want to be in business by themselves, but not for, or for themselves, but not by themselves, I almost messed it up. <laughs> so it, it really helpful. But what 
I'm, I'm curious. I'm always interested in the backstories of the people that I interview. Like so many people, Kim, they, well, I went to school to be an accountant when I, then I discovered I wanted to do something else. I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> and I think of the, you know, parents that send their kids to college and whatnot, and then they completely do something else, start a business or whatever. So what was your, what was your pathway like into entrepreneurship? It's so funny. So I went to Boston College and I had an on-campus job um, for the BC Alumni Fund. So that was my first telemarketing experience. So on my way to med school, I did graduate summa cum laude. I was planning to work with athletes. Um, I was a personal trainer in college, preparing myself for that and had a sports nutrition background and wanted to do something with uh, be- being a doctor in nutrition and working with athletes. So, which is still my first love. Anyway, my first, my friends and family know me more for fitness advice and and nutrition advice than franchising advice. Okay. So anyway, I answered a classified ad in the newspaper that literally changed my life. And it was for a franchise consulting company. It was an eight week project that after about the first week on the job, the uh, president of the company offered me a one year, like a full-time job for one year. And of course my dad was like, don't do it. You'll never go to med school. I'm like, of course I'm going to go to med school. Dad, my whole (laughs) life has been about going to med school. Why is your dad always right? Damn it. I know. Isn't that something? (laughs) So I, I just landed in franchising that way. And I started having, making friends, making money, having fun. Franchising is this very intoxicating industry because Um, it's people helping people and people are entrepreneurial and people are living out their dreams and they're making unlimited amounts of money. And there's no ceiling to how, how how much you can grow and how many brands you can build. And it's just a fun place to be. So once I got a taste of it, I never wanted to leave. I did leave for five years and started my own businesses. Cause you know, at first when you're young and cocky, you think, well, I'm going to go do it on my own and you make all the mistakes and you cry all the tears and you, and you make it, but you, you sweat and you struggle. And then you wake up one day and go, why am I working this hard? I'm going to go find a franchise. And that's what I did at 29. I came back to franchising and I've been here since 2002 when I joined Fran Choice, which is a franchise, like a franchise. And I've been here for the last 18, 19 years. So Franchise is it is a franchise, but you the the business is helping people find the right franchise. Correct. We're it's like a lot a of franchises. Franchise. We don't have an FDD, but we have a consultant agreement, and yes, yeah, so we pay royalties. We get trained by a corporate office and supported, so we are set up exactly like a franchise, so that I can walk my talk and um, I live the life that I'm, if you will, quote selling to other people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, and this is a long time ago, clearly pre-COVID, you know, we, we exhibited bike line for at uh, the big show in Washington. There's a lot of regional shows. Do they still have those kind of pre-COVID? Do they still have those regional and, and national franchise conventions? That's a good question this year. I haven't really followed it. You know what, Jim? So franchise consulting has really sort of changed the way that really smart franchisors do business. So those shows are kind of, um, I don't want to say they're passe. I mean, definitely franchisors still go there, but franchisors that the, the circles that I'm in, 
those franchisors would rather pay a consultant to do all of their prospecting, if you will, right? Because by the time, rather than setting up a trade show on the weekend and not knowing the quantity or the or even the quality of the people that are going to be coming through, they can come to Fran Choice and say, hey, we're looking for people with these skills who live in these markets who have this much money. If you find them and you like them and you bring them to us and we end up awarding them a business, we'll pay you a fee. So it enables me to offer my service free to my candidates um, and it, it enables the franchisors to not have to really you rely on trade shows to find their best candidates. So do you, when people come to you, um, uh, do they sign some sort of agreement? I mean, you, they don't work, for, you don't work for free so that they enter into an agreement where you're going to help them a either find out what they're suited for or do people come to you knowing, Hey, I want to be in the food business or I want to be in, you know, the, a closet reconditioning business or something like that? Uh, yeah, most people, number one, um, my candidates never sign an agreement. I always tell, look, my, my advice is free. That doesn't mean it's cheap. It means it's priceless. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, they, so there's no obligation. I work with people for about one to two months. I teach them everything I can about how to explore a franchise to make a good decision. My, my uh, goal with my candidates is one, to make them competent in their due diligence, and number two, so that they can be confident in their final decision, whether that's yes or no. And I do work for free because there are a lot of people that I you know, push through the process who it will not be right for. Um, and I always laugh. That's why that's why I get paid nicely when it does work out, you know, so right. but it's okay. no obligation for anybody. It's just a free service that helps people figure out, well, if I want to own a business, what is the right franchise for me? What can I afford? What's going to be open in my area? What's going to work in my area? And they don't have to worry about any of those things. They come to me and I figure all of that out for them. Wow. Um, so, by the way, uh Kim's website is The Daily Coach, but leave off the I because her name is spelled D-A-L-Y. Um, so if you go to the dailycoach.com, there's a lot of information there. I was checking out some of your videos and uh, clearly, you know, marketing because you, you title them in a pretty appropriate way. <laughs> Laying in bed at night, thinking about owning a business. Watch this. <laughs> you know, that's I mean, how many people lay in bed at, at three o'clock in the, in the morning, with their eyes wide open, wondering what the hell am I going to do? Well, Jim, I, I, I don't make all this stuff up. This is the stuff I hear from my candidates. Yeah. <laughs> so they teach me how to market what I'm selling because I just listen to them. And then I say, well, if you're thinking that somebody else has to be thinking that. So let's use that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wonderful when you, when that's what I say, if you can listen to your customers, what they're telling you, that's the name of your product or your program almost all the time, which is pretty funny. Um, well, so this is largely um, a show about small business and marketing. I'm going to, I'm going to throw in a tip because it just occurred to me and that little voice in my head said, Hey, share this, they'll like it. Um, when you're looking to title something, um, one of the things you can do is you can go to Amazon, which is a huge search engine, and you look at uh, books in the area of which your your book or your product's going to be. And don't look at all the five star, four stars, three stars. Those are from you know the your your family members and neighbors. Go down to the one star, and and see what people said. Oh, I thought this was going to be a book about this. I thought it was going to cover this, and that's how that's a benefit that people are looking for. So that's a little, um, little ninja marketing I just threw in there. Anyway, let's get back to Kim. Spotlight's on her. Why, why do you think franchising has been such a boom um, 
is it a, is it much safer than going out on your own, Kim? Or, you know, I mean, people fail whether they're a franchise or privately owned, but it, I'm curious, are, are there statistics that say it's actually safer? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I think that the real reason that franchising wins in, in, in good economies and bad economies is that, that you're going into business in partnership. So entrepreneurs understand that, or maybe they don't, but they do very quickly when they start businesses that they have to stop and create everything. And that creation process doesn't make them money. So franchisees buy into established business plans with technology and market proven marketing so that they can execute. They can get to the part that makes them money faster. So you can take and I can take you can take an entrepreneur who starts a business who may take three to five years to get one location up and going and established and stable. I can take a guy that has or a gal that has the vision to own five stores and within five years he or she can own five franchise locations, right? So the wealth in business ownership is going to be created through the scale. And franchise businesses allow owners to come in with the infrastructure that allows them to be able to scale their businesses much faster. Now, to your question of is it safer? I mean, yes, franchisees can still fail, but I do think that when uh, you look at the statistics, you know, that, you know, 95% of small businesses fail before their fifth anniversary, um, that statistic is not owned in franchising. And every franchise business that I would bring to somebody has to disclose their failure rate to you in their franchise disclosure document, which is a federally mandated document. So before you ever invest any money, you can look at their track record of success. But I always tell my candidates, the most important thing you're going to do during your exploration process is go out and talk to other franchisees. So all the other people who've come before you, what has their experience been? What do they wake up and do every day? What do they believe drives success? Because success leaves clues and those successful people who've gone, who are a little bit ahead of you can tell you what you really need to know in order to know if this is the right business for you or if you have the skills necessary to make it successful. I'm curious, Kim, of all the people that you've helped, and I know it's hundreds or if not thousands, to how many people come to you knowing they want to be in a certain industry or a niche, or do they just have that that gut drive that says, I'd like to be in business and I, I think franchising is a safer way to go. What do you think I should do? What's that split like? It's the latter. I mean, I, I if not, I work to have that open mind. It's much harder actually to match somebody when they think they know what they want to do because they're very typically that investor is more widget focused. And of course, you know that when you own a business, <laughs> widgets don't make us successful in, in franchising leadership and proven business plans make us successful. That's always been true, but it has been shown to be very true this year during this pandemic. You know, there are a lot of mom and pop businesses that were not able to reopen after they closed, but I don't know one franchisor that I work with that didn't adapt and overcome during this pandemic. So the the widgets weren't keeping the doors open. It was strong leadership that was helping the franchisees to adapt, develop, you know, online virtual protocols, online, you know, sales processes or whatever, so that they could continue to make money, even when their doors were closed. So 
Um, I, the vast majority of people that I work with don't know all the options that are even available in franchising. So they may come to me with an idea, but once I explain like all of the options out there, it seems very quickly that most people lower their guard and just go, oh, well, in that case, you know, let's just cast a wide net. And it becomes way less important what the business does and infinitely more important than who I'm connecting them to as their franchise or partner. I saw another video. I don't know if it was on the Daily Coach or, or another website, but um, it was some of the common myths about franchising. Um, you know what I'm. You know what I'm talking. You know that video. Oh, yeah, that's one of my most watched. Uh, the, the that that video came about because um, I was somebody encouraged me a few years ago to write a book. And I'm like, write a book. I'm like, yeah, I like to talk. I don't really want to write a book. But then after I hung up the phone, I knew that like I had made the wrong choice right there. So I sat down and I'm like, well, if I was going to write a book, what would I write about? And so I, in like five minutes, scratched out an outline for like the top 10 biggest franchising myths. That sounds like a good book, right? And then I decided to turn it into a video and it's my most watched video, which probably means I should probably publish it as a book one day. <laughs> yes, you should. I mean, it, 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 being an author will do tremendous things for your for your presence and stature, you know, as an expert. So I, I highly recommend that. So what are what would be like the top one or two myths? What can you tell us about that? One of the biggest myths in franchising is people believe that build it and they will come right? Because it's a franchise. So I don't have to do any marketing and I don't have to wake up every day and like find my own customers. That's what I'm paying a franchisor to do. I, it just always cracks me up. It's like, they think it's like an instant ATM machine, but you know, you know, and I know, and people that own franchises that are successful know that while the franchisor can identify the customer avatar and they can create a marketing plan, it is still up to every franchise owner to wake up every day and execute those marketing plans and to build centers of influence in their community that can build referral sources for them. That is what owning customer acquisition is what owning a business is all about, even in a franchising, even in a franchise. Wow. Um uh, that's so true. You know, just like anything, we had um, 80, I think we had 15 corporate. So somewhere around 65 franchise stores. And um, we always had a couple, just like any any franchise or a couple that were underperforming and would constantly complain. And then we, we, um, we did something. We mystery shopped these stores. <laughs> And the owner who was bitching the loudest, we mystery shopped him like three times. He was sitting in the back watching TV. Exactly. Exactly. Like, what a, okay. All right. I see a problem here. So Exactly. That's typically what it is, is people don't want to, they don't want to be held accountable. And, and that's why, in part, why I have a business and why franchisors love using good consultants um, because we can help our candidates really understand what they're getting into and what part of it they need to own. That's the most important part. So of, of owning, of, of really being successful in a business is owning it, not, not thinking that you're going to be owed something by the franchisor. And that doesn't mean that franchisors don't have a responsibility. They certainly do in having proven business plans and, and developing marketing that marketing, but marketing that's going to change, right? Because marketing is not a stagnant thing. It's dynamic. It's it always has to be evolving and, and progressing. So and, and it, not only that, Kim, I'm sorry for interrupting, not only that, but some of the most important work a franchisor does is before the doors open, the site selection, 
um, you know, most most franchisors that I've met, including the one that I work for, we had some real estate professionals which said this is where you want it. You know, with with the population and the income surveys and things like that, and then the initial training. So before you op- even open the door, I find that the franchise fee has been well earned. But that's my that's my point of view. Totally, I agree. I work with a lot of businesses that don't require real estate, so I yeah I tend not to think about that, but you're hundred percent right. If you're opening something where it does need real estate, you need a franchise or a partner that if, if you've never negotiated lease and you, that you have, they have the, the professionals that can help you find the right location, can score that location, you know, based on other successful locations around the country, and then also help con- control the construction costs and, and even negotiate uh, a very good lease for you so that you can um, have the lowest possible, you know, expenses every month. Kim, how many people that come to you um, come thinking, I just want to get one location? Of course, I'm talking brick and mortar. Now there's a lot of virtual, but just one franchise instead of saying, boy, I want to come to you and you pick something that's going to help me build, you know, six, eight or 10 different locations. Do people initially have that bigger goal or just getting into business? Yeah, that's a really good question, Jim. So I think because of the way that I prospect, I attract a lot of investor mindsets who come already understanding that just like if they own multiple apartment complexes, they're going to want multiple locations of a franchise. But I I, I imagine that that my answer is biased based on um, the type of candidates that I attract. So if you, you know what I mean? If you're working with people that are more being downsized from corporate America, which I also do, I used to do a lot more work with those, um, with those um, career transition people, but that they are coming thinking that it's only going to be one. But I mean, with a little bit of education, most people are going to realize that the wealth gets created through the scale. But you know what I tell people, look, you can't have two if you can't have number one. So how many you do doesn't really matter. We first have to get you to be able to believe that you can do one successfully. And then the scale comes after that, right? And, and most franchisors that I used to know, um, they're not going to award like, you know, master licenses or, or territories until you get up and prove your, yourself, right? So so anyway, um, what's the, what's the talk, talk a little bit about the, um, let's see, we got about four minutes here. Talk about the process when somebody comes to meet you or reaches out to you. I'm sure you've got to kind of refine by now, as long as you've been doing it, how do you kind of put them through the sifter to see if they're real, to see if, you know, if they, what they should do. And it's kind of like the reality check, I think, right. Don't you have to spend some time giving them the reality of it all? Hi, yeah, Jim. So I um, I actually don't try to play God with people's lives. I encourage everybody who has an interest in learning about franchising to reach out to me. My process will help you get up the learning curve very, very quickly. I have been doing this for a long time, so I know exactly what I need to do to help people understand exactly what franchising could could mean to them. So what does that mean in practicality? Well, the first thing I do is send people a very basic questionnaire, multiple choice, fill in the blank. I'm looking at you personally, professionally, and financially. When I get the questionnaire back, we're going to get on the phone and we're going to book about 90 minutes together. But in the first 30 minutes, I'm going to get you up to speed with what every franchise business costs and why. So the number one reason that people determine that 
franchising is not the right thing for them or the timing isn't right is money. So I learned years ago that if I could help people understand what money buys, they would take themselves out of the process very quickly because it's not my job to tell somebody whether this is the right thing for you or not. I've, I've worked with people who I thought when I worked with them, oh my gosh, I don't know if this person should become a business owner, just, just based on maybe like, like a seeming like lack of energy over the phone or like, you know, more of like a, a behind the scenes kind of a personality. And my bias might be that, you know, you have to be kind of a forward facing person to be successful. And that is entirely not true. I mean, I, I can think of a couple of people off the top of my head who are now multimillionaires uh, because of their franchise, you know, because they dared to do this and they followed the, the processes of their franchise, who, if I had, you know, spoken what I was thinking at the time might have taken themselves out of the process. So when uh, in this consultation hour, we vet out, you know, we talk about what businesses cost, what money buys, and we relate that to people's net worth so they can very quickly know like what their money can afford to buy and does that fit their personality. And sometimes that makes people fall out right there in 30 minutes, but that's better. At least you're not going to spend two months, you know, exploring franchises when right away, you know, you can't afford it or don't want to afford it. Um, but for those people who do make it beyond that call, then we talk about, you know, what kind of owner they want to be, what kind of people they want to create jobs for. So I get to know them a lot. And we talk about their exit strategy. We talk about their risk tolerance. And then I go away and I do my research. And then I come back with my top three to five options. And then I start coaching them. Like, how do we actually date these franchisors so we can figure out where, which one is the best one for to marry? And it is like a courtship leading to a marriage. And I'm the dating coach and we have some fun. And we talk about the prenup, which is the FDD and meeting the crazy <laughs> family, which are all the franchisees. And my job is to get people to their wedding day and walk them down the aisle and kiss them off to the franchisor. I love that analogy. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm almost out of time, but I want to ask one more question. Um, with the whole pandemic and things, and I, I know it's hit retail hard, especially restaurateurs and things like that, but I've been out of this business for a long time. Are virtual businesses, like, are they 50-50? Are they all the rage? Or like, you know, the whole landscape of, of brick and mortar versus service-based business, which may be operated virtually. What's that look like today? Yep. So I think, you know, my, one of my mentors way back at that first franchise consulting company that I worked for right out of college taught me that in good times and bad franchising wins. So in a good economy, people want more of the American dream and they're uh, buying those more want-based businesses. In a bad economy, people may be uh, unemployed or laid off and looking to uh, re, you know, build a security and stability for their future. And so they buy franchising and the businesses that they buy may change. I think it's true this year, we probably are moving more essential services. Um, but but in good, but the, the idea is that, I mean, I, I helped almost as many people this year say yes as I did last year. And when the economy was rocking. So um, in good times and bad, people really do invest in franchises. That's just what they invest and their reasons for investing is what changes. Awesome. Well, Kim, um, we have one minute. If you can give your contact information, I mean, it's been a phenomenal interview. I'm sure people are going to be reaching out to you in droves of all the people that want to open franchises, which if I was going to, I'd reach out to you. So how can people connect with you? Thanks, Jim. I've enjoyed being here. My website is the best place, thedailycoach.com. And I'm also very present on LinkedIn and Facebook. You can find me there. Uh, definitely 
take a look at my website, watch some of my videos, get to understand a little bit of my style. You know, working with a franchise consultant is much like working with a personal trainer. And, um, you know, personality is important and I love to have fun. I'm, a, and I'm, a, I'm an abundant thinker. I love to help people think abundantly. I love to coach you um, in terms of like how to think about building that million dollar business. I'm always looking for that seven figure uh, possibility and, build, and building to scale and also building to sell. So I think the exit strategy is very important and plays a very important role in even what business people select, whether you're building a business to sell it in three to five years or seven to 10 years um, or to pass it on to your children. All of that impacts the selection of the business or should going into um, deciding what kind of business is the right one for you. Awesome. Well, you clearly know your business. And yes, I agree. You've got a lot of energy, knowledge, and it sounds like you like to have a good time. All good ingredients in coaching. Kim, thanks so much for being my special guest. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Have a good day. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Kim Daly. Connect with her at The Daily Coach. That's D-A-L-Y. Leave off the I. Dailycoach.com. Connect with me at getjimpalmer.com or dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.